Pursue your purpose, speak your truth, deal with adult bullies, cope with failure, live beyond fear, establish values, set boundaries, move past trauma. These are all the themes in my Amazon bestseller, The Smart Girls Handbook. Tribers, get in close. For 15 years, I have been searching for a book that didn't exist. So I am thrilled to share that I decided to write it. The Smart Girls Handbook is available to buy now from wherever you get your books and also in Canada, the United States of America, New Zealand and Australia. Everything we do is a response to something you have asked for and girl have you been begging me for a book for years. Who is it for you? The reviews are outstanding, the press has been phenomenal and I am overwhelmed by the amazing support it has had already. This isn't my book but our book. I realised after my talks around the world women would be queuing for hours just to ask me one question. I didn't want them to just walk away but to have a tangible source to have forever and this is it. This is refreshing, never before read content that will inspire, motivate, empower, inform and entertain you. It's full of my personal development tips that have got me living as my most authentic and highest self, literally glowing from within. My most vulnerable moments and hilarious stories that will resonate with you. The Smart Girls Handbook is a celebration of womanhood and the book missing from your library. So grab your copy today, tag me on Instagram at smartgirltribe and I will send you an exclusive gift just to say thank you. Marlene Lindmar is a counsellor and expert in people pleasing. In this episode she shares the good girl myth, how you can stop people pleasing, how to strengthen your wholeness, the reasons why women naturally want to people please more so than men, how our childhoods affect our trauma when it comes to people pleasing and so much more. Hi Marlene, thank you so much for coming on to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast today. Could you just start off by explaining how you got into counselling? Yeah, hi, thank you for having me. Well, I'd always been very interested in psychology and I've grown up with taking counselling sessions as something very normal and helpful and I've always wanted to study psychology, but um, because of some people-pleasing story, <laughs> I actually didn't um, go into it for, at first. I studied something else. I studied um, primary school education, and I somehow wrote off this dream of mine. And when I finished my studies and started working as a teacher, I was confronted with a highly toxic work environment where every day just felt like war and hell. And sometimes I ended up in the bathroom crying and everything. So I started seeing a therapist and I saw that those things I was experiencing at work and the way it affected me actually had something to do with my early childhood experiences. And through working on myself and seeing all the changes that happened in all areas of my life, I knew that I wanted to become a counselor. And yeah, so I studied, I opened my practice and here I am. Yeah. So let's really dive in then. How is it naturally that women find themselves wanting to people please? Yeah, people pleasing is actually asking for love and appreciation. So we please people to receive their love, which doesn't have to be love in a traditional sense, but can be translated into that they are nice to us, that they smile at us, that they like don't shout at us, we don't lose our job, we keep our friends, we avoid conflicts, etc. So um, 
maybe women are more likely to people please than men but from experience I can say that the sex doesn't really matter it's our childhood experiences that matter and those depend on the environment on the family system we have grown up in and that's where we develop this pattern of people pleasing. In what areas do you think women want to people please the most in? I would say um, I would say it's in all areas, like in relationships, at work, in friendships. And I also think in society, like um, many of us women, we want to look a certain way and we want to behave a certain way in order to please others in their perception of of womanhood and yeah but I think it's all areas of life actually. So would you say people pleasing tends to be more genetic or is it social conditioning? I think it's definitely social conditioning um, because it's it has something to do with how we grew up like the first six years of our lives, we are like a sponge and we suck up everything that's happening around us. And that's how our subconscious gets programmed. And that's when we learn to people please. It's like 95% of our actions and thoughts are linked to our subconscious programming and only 5% are conscious decisions that we make. And if we have learned that we get love from our parents or other important people in our early years by doing something by fulfilling their needs as an example like they really need a lot of quiet time and they they are really stressed and everything and they have their own issues Um, children tend to learn that they should be quiet and that they cannot bother them so they start pleasing their parents needs very early on and that's when that's when it gets in our subconscious and from then on it affects us and since we cannot just switch off our programming it it takes quite um, some work Um, we continue to live that way until it hurts that much and we are forced to look at problems just like I had to do in my first job for example yeah are there any incidences that spring to mind that maybe would be classified as people pleasing you would say because you're an expert yet a lot of women wouldn't deem it as that they would say oh no that's not people pleasing when you know as the expert that it is are there any examples there yeah for sure um that it can be the smaller things like taking a phone call of your dad when you are in a great workflow and you don't want to interrupt it but then you do or you get over to your friend's house because she needs you although you need quiet time or not having a conversation about a topic with your partner just because you know that your partner doesn't want to talk about it or isn't ready to do so and it can be the bigger things um, that influence your life a lot just like yesterday I had the last session with a client um, that had a very interesting story on how our subconscious works. Um, she finished school about two years ago. She got a job and after six months or so, she got ill and she had to leave her job. So she stayed at home with her parents and, and so on. And 
she came to me because she wanted to understand those symptoms. And in the end, we found out that her subconscious was programmed to protect her mother. So to always stay close to her. So when she got the job, which would enable her to be independent and move away from her mother, her subconscious programming regarding her mother stopped her. So she would have to stay close to her. And so it's really, it's the little things. It can be the bigger things. It can be things that we, like those symptoms, um, you would never think that this has something to do with people pleasing. Yeah. No, I can completely relate to that a lot, especially taking phone calls in particular when you're in a great work space, if you like. Do you think, Marlene, that speaking as a woman, that women try to people please, or I should say please, men more than women or is it the same amount oh that's a good question I think that it depends very much on what you've learned like in this example with this client um, she had learned that she had to please her mother and so she had learned to please women in general uh, whereas her father has always been very independent and just in the role of a father. So she saw men as very strong and she saw women as weaker. So she had the feeling that she had to help women to in order to reach things. So, But that wasn't that specific example. You know, if, it depends very much on, on the experiences you have made. Something I would love to get into is let's talk about this idea of being the nice girl, being the good girl. Can you talk us through that? Is that, again, social conditioning? Is it something that every woman experiences? What is the process of being a good girl when it comes to people pleasing? What is the link between the two there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um I think it's again social conditioning it's how we have been brought up and what examples we have had during our childhood so when we have learned that by being the nice person we get love and we get attention um, and that our family system excludes bad people you know bad people (laughs) then we we kind of see this as a reality and we learn that by being nice, um, doors get opened and we can actually get things and reach our goals. So, and st- since we are very reliant on our family, we do everything in order to be part of the system and we do whatever it takes. So if it takes being a nice woman or a nice girl, then we will do that. And I think in society, society also very often um wants us to be nice like I think we see very few women have leading huge companies or and I think it's very hard for women to be seen as a strong woman and not as a I don't know as a bitch I don't know if I can say this (laughs) but that's what many people say so I think it there are many many uh, layers to it but it's definitely social conditioning too, yeah. So when it comes to people-pleasing then, how many women do you think are walking around people-pleasing because they want to be the good girl? 
Oh, many. I think I think most of us actually. I think there are really many women who do that um, unless they have had uh, given the permission to do like to just be themselves and be whoever they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when it comes then to people pleasing obviously it's very much social conditioning and our upbringing plays a huge role so if you were talking to anybody out there who was curious what would an upbringing look like if you didn't want your child to be brought up thinking that they have to people please their way through life yeah I think uh, the very like the most important thing is to Tell them that they are right, how they are, like to take their feelings seriously, to take their needs seriously. And that way, teach them that they are important and they are worthy and they are right the way they are. Because people pleasing, as I said before, is the search of love in like externally. But if you have self-love and if you know your worth, you don't have to search outside of yourself. And how do you know if you are a chronic people pleaser? What are the symptoms, Marlene? I'd say the symptom number one is that you are putting yourself second, third or last and um, that you aren't asking yourself what you really want or what you really need. You let people cross your boundaries and you cross them yourself too and you well you put others first um constantly if you are being presented if anyone is being presented with a scenario how can they establish if they are saying yes because it's something they want or because they want to pe- to people please they want to satisfy someone else mm-hmm. i think the most important thing is that you take your time to answer um saying yes right away is a mechanism if we are used to people please it just happens we just do it so if you take your time to answer you have time to listen internally what you really want and what you really need and then you are empowered to say yes or say no like however you feel What are some tangible tips, do you think, or things that our audience can do to stop people pleasing and follow their intuition more? I think, well, I think I am (laughs) a big fan of mindful self-compassion. So you can learn to listen to yourself and to follow your intuition. Your inner voice will get louder once you get used to listening to it. So if your inner system is used to not being hurt, it won't bother letting you feel what it needs. And also you are unable to understand it. So you need to train that. And I, I do some courses on listening to your intuition because it's something that's not easy and that's not changed overnight. And what I teach there is to regularly take a few minutes throughout the day it doesn't have to be much it's like five minutes here and five minutes there Mm -hmm. and um, close your eyes put your hand on your chest and just breathe breathe into your heart and allow yourself to calm down and then listen to what's there right now 
and describe it to yourself without any judgment. Just describe what's there. Like, I feel nervous. I feel stressed. I feel like I'm constantly running and fulfilling tasks. And I feel that many of those tasks are not my responsibility, but I do them anyway. And after that, ask yourself what you need. Like, I need to take time for myself. I need a quiet place where I can be with myself, where I can calm down. And that's, that's a way to show yourself and to show your inner, word, um, inner voice that you listen to it and that you are important. And after training, listening to it, then you can train to actually express what you feel and to express a no and to express a yes whenever you feel it. Outside of wanting to feel love, are there any other reasons why people tend to people please? Yeah, there's, um, I'd say sometimes it's to avoid conflict or to avoid some situations where you are not comfortable Mm. and to also avoid other people um, feeling uncomfortable and being confronted with that situation. Like there are, I'd say there are two situations. There's a situation that someone who's just um, honest wants something and they ask you to help them move and you say no for whatever reason. And then they are like, yeah, okay. And they're searching for someone else. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who are manipulative because they have learned that they only get what they need by being so, by being manipulative. And they maybe they aren't asking you to help them move. They ask the question, could you help me move? But for them, it sounds, no sounds like um, he or she doesn't love me. Um, I'm, I'm not worthy and I'm alone. So then you are confronted with what this person needs. And that's, it's very often the reason why we, tend to say yes although we feel a no because we cannot deal with the situation maybe so yeah I have found that people pleasing really is the desire to gain external appreciation and validation. So being an expert, I know we touched on this with self-compassion and mindfulness. What are some other ways that our audience can start to feel satisfied and enough internally? I think Journaling is another thing that helps a lot with that, like getting to know yourself and looking at yourself through your own eyes. I'd say that the opinion of others is like a filter that is making us see the world through the eyes of others or making us see ourselves through the, through the filters of others. And if they tell us we are not good enough, we think that too. So you can work on taking these filters off and confront yourself with who you really are. And like, if you think that you are doing a great job at work, 
make this your number one belief, not your boss's opinion. Or if you think that you are a great girlfriend, believe that. Put your own opinions about yourself first, and then you will start loving yourself and you will stop searching for external appreciation and validation. And for that, you need to spend time with yourself. And journaling is just a great way to put everything on paper and um, to, yeah, to get some, to, get, to see everything clearer, like to see who you are. Mm-hmm. And being an expert in this field, I'd love to know how can someone work on strengthening their wholeness, the feeling that they are whole just as they are, because even though we have been taught by media and other external sources, someone else can complete us. Well, actually, your wholeness, it cannot be increased. Nobody can add to you by being with you or through other mediums and make you more whole just as nobody can take away from you and make you less whole so what would you recommend how can someone work on strengthening their wholeness I love that (laughs) that's really a great point Um, I think first of all it's important as I said to know your worth and to know that your worth is not defined by your actions or thoughts but that you are worthy just by being born. So your worth is inherent and it cannot be taken away by anyone. And understanding that, um, you understand that nobody can make you small or that no matter if you please someone's needs or not, you are always worth the same. You're always whole and you are always worthy of love. So in that case, it's you who gives others the permission to make you small and you yourself make, you make yourself small. It's you who stops shining and like dancing around the room because others get intimidated by your light, for example. So in the end of the day, it's your decision to please others. We might have learned it that way and like we are not responsible what for what has happened in our childhood, but we are responsible for our lives now and to change what makes us feel bad now. And when you understand that your life is your responsibility and that nobody can take anything away from you if you don't let them, then you own your wholeness and you shine because you want. When it comes to family and loved ones, so many women in particular tend to please a lot there. What are some very real sentences or things we can say to those family members to set a positive boundary with them? I would always go with the simplest thing, like yes and no. I'd say be honest and tell them what's going on. I think authenticity is the key. So if you, I don't know, somebody asks you to help them move. So you can say, I, if you feel like it, you can say, yes, I will help you, but not right now because now I'm tired. That's authentic. That's just what's happening. Or um, say, if you feel like this person just wants some attention, but she can actually do it on her own, you can just tell her, you can do it. I know that you can do it. 
um, or please ask someone else. I'm not in the mood right now. Just be really honest. I think there are no standard sentences and there's not the perfect sentence. I think perfect is being authentic. One piece of advice that I am sure I read somewhere when it came to setting boundaries is by expressing that you have a policy. So, for example, saying to somebody, oh, I actually have a policy that I don't work on the weekends or that I don't plan seven days ahead of time because I don't know where I'll be, because then it doesn't make this person feel that you're only reacting to them. Yeah this way that you actually have a general policy the other question I'd love to ask you Marlene is how do we deal or how can we cope as women with manipulators because I hear this a lot I have been in positions before where someone will say you know could you please do this because you're so good at doing (laughs) it you're so great at doing this thing could you please either take it off my hands could you please step in here could you please show up here and that's manipulation so how can we deal with manipulators and where can we see those first signs that someone is a manipulator yeah I think um like ask yourself why does this flatter me so much um why do I feel so great when this person tells me because if you would think that you are the best person ever and that you are really great at what you're doing, you would just say, yeah, I know. And I know that you can do it too. But it's somehow a form of this, as I said in the beginning, this yeah, this form of love where I feel so flattered that I'm like, yeah, and now I have to do it because she said that I'm so great at it and I don't want to show her that I'm not by not doing it. So it all comes back to um, giving yourself appreciation and knowing your worth, because then you can easily say, I know, (laughs) but this is actually not my responsibility. It's yours. Is this something that you notice a lot with women when it comes to people pleasing that when someone is coming to them and is almost flattering them and is manipulating them typically is coming from a man. And I only say this because I can only speak for myself and previous experiences. I have only ever found myself in a position where someone has asked me to do something by flattering me first. And it has come from a man. It has come from someone either in a professional way or even in my personal life saying, oh, you know what? I would love to cook Scarlett this evening for this dinner party. And I know I said I would, but you are just so good. You are such a great (laughs) cook that I really feel that you should take this on and I can do this. Is this something that you have noticed as well? Do men on the whole, when it comes to enabling women to people, please, do they tend to do it more through using flattery? (laughs) I love that story. Um, I actually can't tell. Um, I think that that has again something to do with your upbringing like if you're used that you have to please your father or some other male um, figure in your life then or if you want to get love from a male person then you might be more like more affected by it 
Um, but I wouldn't say that in general, because it depends very much on the person. But um, yeah, <laughs> this makes me really laugh. And you could just say, yeah, I know I don't have to prove it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. please do it yourself. Yeah. No, I love that. And I would love some very real sentences that we can express to women as well. And the reason why I say this is because it is true that a woman standing her ground can come across, especially in today's day and age. And she is called a bitch, which is awful. And it's something that shouldn't exist. So one thing I would love to know is when it comes to responding to women, asking us to do something that maybe we don't want to, or that doesn't encourage us to be our most authentic selves, what can we say to them? Is it taking the same approach and saying something along the lines of, I am, I know I'm good at this, but so are you, or it's not my responsibility, or that's not being my most authentic self. Even what I said earlier saying, will I actually have a policy? Do you think it works the same way, no matter the recipient, no matter what sex they are? Yeah, I really love the, what you, um, the example you gave about saying that, uh, you have a policy because that's very clear and there's it's not about the other person and I think the the other person can sense if it's about him or if it's in general and generally people who are able to set their boundaries they accept boundaries more and so it really depends on the recipient uh, <laughs> on the person who receives your message um, how he or she reacts but my my opinion is that just being authentic that's always the best way because then you don't get in trouble and you always are able to respond and to just tell the person I don't want to that's also um a legit thing it's like I don't want to or I don't have time you don't need to find an excuse if you have this policy great if you think that the other person is great at cooking too great if you feel flattered by the other person telling you that you are a great cook and that you should cook. Um, and you feel like, well, that motivates me. Why not do it? You know, just be mm. authentic. Yeah. And if we are constantly people pleasing at work, what can we say to a colleague there? Because that is very different to responding to someone in our personal life and then on a professional level. So do you have any advice there, Marlene? Yeah. I think, uh, as you said, that's a whole different story. That's a whole different topic because a company system is built um, so that everybody has his or her position. They have their job description and they need to do what they have to do and they get paid for it. So I think your number one thing is to have it very clear. What am I getting paid for? And can I do my job properly if I people please, if I do his job and her job and the other one's job too? And what is my actual role in this environment? A work environment is not a relationship. So you should really set your boundaries very clear because in the end of the day, you will get paid what you get paid for your job and not for the other one. So I would communicate that very clear. 
So if I were coming to you and I was saying for the 15th time, we've known each other for so long, Marlene, let's just say we have been working together for maybe nine years and I'm coming to you for the 15th time, perhaps, or maybe even more, we could say 50th or 60th. And I'm asking for you to take on a task, which you have always previously done for me and very happily. What would you say to me now if you wanted to say no without being a jerk? Yeah, <laughs> I'd say um, I've seen the last few times that this really puts me behind with my tasks. So I kindly ask you to do it yourself. If you need me to explain you how to do it, I can do it. But I won't do it for you any longer. And if I said, but please, Marlene, please try and understand. I really struggle I have a child at home. I need to take care of them. My husband has gone missing. My mother is ill. I desperately need your help once again to pull through and complete this presentation. The board meeting is in two days. I really need your help here. Come on. You know you want to, girl power and all of that. I would really go to you together with this person. I would go to my manager, to, to your boss. Um, because it's actually his responsibility that everybody in the company can do his job or her job um, properly. And if this person has so many problems at home and she cannot concentrate, then your boss has to find a solution for that. It's, I think it's very, um, it's very okay to not always be your best version and to not always being able to show up 100%. Be motivated all the time because we cannot um, strictly say this is work and this is private life because everything influences us. So there should be a dialogue or there should be a talk with the manager so you can find a solution. But why would you have to step into the role of the manager who has to make sure that everybody has everything to in order to be able to do his or her job? So you would directly say, go to your boss or your manager and explain the situation and maybe what this person is asking you to do? Yes. Yeah. I love that. What strong advice, Marlene. And one thing, almost an extension of all of this, is how can we also start as women, being an expert, to let go of other people's opinions of us? Because I have shared so much advice here when it comes to what other people think of us and how we try to manage and control their opinions of us when actually everyone just experiences life through their very own lens and perspective. So somebody's personal opinion of you may be, have maybe has nothing to do with you and is just a reflection of where they currently are in time and space. But I would love to get your thoughts on this. How can we start to let go of other people's opinions of us? I'd say by becoming more self-aware and more self-dependent and by taking time to really explore ourselves and the way we think and feel. And because I think we are more likely to hold on to others' opinions when we are insecure, like when we don't know how to do a certain thing or how we are in this and that situation, we grab the next opinion we can find and hold on to it. 
And if we are sure of who we are and what we want, then we feel empowered to follow our own path and our own dreams. And we can see other people's opinions as what they really are, as opinions and not as commands or expectations or anything. Let's also discuss the word sorry. I have spoken to so many women um, recently, let's say, about this particular topic because I have noticed more and more women apologising for so many more mundane things than in men, uh, than men. I have to be completely honest and I'm guilty of this too. Someone will bump into me and I'll say, oh, I'm sorry. Or if I'm expressing an opinion and I have actually most recently had to stop family members, female family members, because when they're about to express an opinion, they say, I'm sorry, but dot, 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 or sorry to say this, but sorry, I'm thinking this, however. And I really, really had to stop them and say, have you heard a man say sorry for this very opinion that you're expressing? Would a man? Because often the answer is no. It, it is women who apologize so much more. Someone will bump into us and we almost apologize for taking up space. I'm so sorry for being and standing here right now as human and that you actually bumped into me. So I really want to discuss this word sorry, because I have no doubt that this has some kind of connection to people-pleasing our way through life. Yeah, definitely. Um, So saying sorry is, again, something we learn, and sometimes it seems that people get offended when we don't say sorry, like when we sneeze, or as you said, when we say our opinion, Welcome to the UK, where we apologize for everything and expect people to apologize for everything too. <laughs> yeah, but in those situations, like um, that, that's something you learn in your society and in your country, of course. But you could also um, see that that's on them. Like um, we could start by saying sorry for the things we really feel sorry and that have hurt others or something but not for things others expect us to apologize for that might sound rude but if we feel great by doing so please do so and I think um, another thing is that sometimes I think it's linked to a little I don't know if cowardness is the, the correct word but saying sorry soothes things and it might be easier for others to not take it as hard and therefore we are not confronted with maybe a hard response. So there can be another reason. And what I live by is that I stand by what I do and I always tell my friends or my family, only apologize if you really mean it because I don't want any apology that's not authentic or that's not real. And I live by that too. Like I have done things that for others were not okay. And so for me, they were the way they like in that situation was the way to go. And I might have apologized for making them feel bad or anything, but I never apologized for doing it because it was my conscious decision. So, and I had to live with the consequences, the good and the bad ones, 
But if you decide it consciously, then I think then it's easier to 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 live with it. Why do you think women tend to apologize for the small things? Maybe more than men, but even if you were to take men out of it, just on the whole, I have to say, I come across this very frequently, women saying sorry before they even say something, before they open their mouths. And I have to say, this is... And I actually have to admit, we have um, a post up on the Smart Girl Tribe Instagram about apologizing. And it is our most popular Instagram post ever in the history of Smart Girl Tribe Mm -hmm. Instagram, our Instagram feed. And I really want to dive in deep because I haven't met one woman who hasn't said, oh, I have this story too. I tend to apologize when people bump into me. I tend to apologize for X, Y. And also on transportation and things like this, you'll apologize for your bag being somewhere where it's allowed to be. And there is almost this expectation that comes with being a woman that you are going to people, please. I have found myself in, in very, very uncomfortable positions that I will be asleep on a train and I will have a shoulder bag or something or even a clutch bag on the table when I'm sitting at a table seat and I have been poked and prodded and even one time a man was I woke up to a man shaking me asking me to wake up and say that actually he wanted me to move my clutch bag and there was this even though it was on my side he wanted to take up more room and he had more things so there definitely is this idea that women will go around people pleasing so why do you think it's predominantly women I have to say who apologize for the small things and why is it that we are expected to as well yeah I think if we have learned to be that way we just we just do it and if we always get into the situations where um, we like where others expect us to say sorry we just do it and I think another thing is that we might want others to feel fine and we might be empathetic with them and therefore we think oh yeah it's it's nice they they will feel fine if I say sorry and so I think there's a variety of things uh, or of reasons for it and yeah, but I'm I'm with you. <laughs> I think we should not apologize that much. I think that's a topic that should be discussed more. Um, because the other day I read, and also on Instagram, I read a post that was like, you should never apologize for being too ambitious or for being you. And I think there's no logical reason for it. And I think there's no excuse for it. We should just stop it. So I, I really don't want to explain why we do it because I think that should stop. Mm, I think it definitely goes back into our history. So for anyone listening, I would say the huge takeaways would be number one, say that you have a policy so it doesn't exclude the person. The person can take it that, oh, you're like this with everybody. And second of all, you're not intimidating. They're just intimidated. This is a quote from the Smart Girls Handbook, my book, which I love because I do share so many stories with men and women, best friends and things like this, where I have profusely apologized. 
and started dimming my light to make others shine more, which, as we all know, never works. And then, Marlene, I would love to know, what are your thoughts on expectations? Is it positive to have or even okay? Is it okay to expect? Because I know there is a huge divide when it comes to this topic, that there are certain expectations in life. And I have heard both camps. People say you shouldn't have expectations. And then people who say, experts who say, no, you should absolutely have expectations from certain people in your life, friends, family members, even colleagues, because that is what can impact an experience, if you like, if you just want to sum it all up by calling it an experience. So do you think it's okay to have expectations? And what is the link maybe between expectations and people pleasing? I think you can and should have expectations when it comes to what you need and what your boundaries are. Like you can expect that somebody respects your boundaries and you can expect that somebody respects a no or whatever, but you should not expect something from someone that's not your responsibility. Like when this is the person's responsibility, then it's his or her responsibility and not yours. And vice versa. Like you, I think we can always expect, um, like from life, what we need and what we want, but nothing that goes beyond it. I think our number one expectation should be um, the one we have of ourselves and of our lives, like how we want to be and how we want our life to go. So we, because we really live life for ourselves and for no one else. And when we think about work, if we are unwell, but we feel bad thinking that we could be disappointing our boss or our coworkers, if we stay at home and take a sick leave, then we should take a moment and think, what do I really need? And not what do I think that the expectations of others are from me? Once my father told me something that helped me a lot regarding those expectations at work of always showing up and always being fine and always being motivated and and everything. He said, um, don't kill yourself for them. They will replace you within a second. And I think that's true. So I think it's, it's important to maybe always feel like what you need and not what's expected from you or what you expect from life rather go with a little bit with the flow (laughs) yeah I also end the podcast with two questions Marlene the first being what is your favorite quote or the mantra you live by my favorite mantra that I always tell myself is always stay true to yourself no matter what our strength lies within our authenticity authenticity, and our freedom lies in our individuality. How beautifully put. And then finally, Marlene, what are any books or podcasts on this subject? So people pleasing, would you recommend to our audience? Um, to my clients regarding the topic, I recommend a book that's it's not specifically on people-pleasing, but on becoming self-dependent, which is the solution to people-pleasing. 
and it's called the power of self-dependence, allowing yourself to live life on your own terms by Jorge Bucay. Yeah, and I love all of his books. So. Yeah, Amazing. Thank you so much, Marlene, for coming on to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast. I am your host, Scarlett B. Clark, award-winning founder and CEO of Smart Girl Tribe, the UK's number one female empowerment organization, host of this top-rated podcast, the Smart Girl Tribe podcast, and author. You are my community, my family, so come and follow along for more female empowerment and personal development in our private Facebook group, the Smart Girl Tribe Society, or on Twitter or Instagram at Smart Girl Tribe.